Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Where am I? Who am I? What is my purpose? How will my purpose happen? What is love? My guest on today's show is Patty Fivette, and she believes that these age-old questions hold the key to a direct participatory experience of the divine in our lives. And she's here today to share her wisdom on how our lives can be enhanced by awareness, identity, purpose, spiritual artistry, and love. Are you ready to meet her? A modern mystic, facilitator, public speaker, blogger, teacher, and artist, and a member of Spiritual Directors International, Patty Fivette has studied spirituality, psychic arts, and metaphysical law in depth, earning a PhD in metaphysics from the American Institute of Holistic Theology. She's the author of several books. The latest is The Eagle's View, Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. And you can find out more about Patty and her work at modernmysticism.com. Patty, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. I'm so glad to be here. I love the title of your show, Out of the Fog. Well, thank you. It's We live in foggy times, strange times. We do live in foggy times, and the world sometimes does not help us clear that fog. <laughs> we have to do that ourselves. It's an inside job. I believe that that's very true, and I know that in in your book, in The Eagle's View, and in your other books, you talk about mysticism and about modern mysticism specifically. Can you define that as we begin? Yes, I'd be glad to. It's a term I got from a book with that term in the title, Letters of a Modern Mystic. And uh, the book was a series of letters and, and journaling from a, a gentleman before World War II, who was sent to an island in the Pacific, and he was a he was a, a minister, a Protestant minister, and I don't know what what denomination. It doesn't matter. And uh, he did not speak the language of this particular island, and they did not speak English. And how was he going to do his what he thought was his work? How was that going to happen? And he realized that if he lived every day as if God were a real presence in his life, whether he was washing the dishes, whether he was walking, if it was a continual endeavor to feel God, or in his terms, the Holy Spirit wash upon him, then it would make a difference in this, and by example, and it actually did. So I pulled the term modern mysticism from that. Uh, it's the understanding that ordinary life is a direct participation with God in what 
whatever way you understand God, because it's bigger than any of us can understand, it's also recognition of the profound change this understanding has in your life, and it is a continual endeavor to bring this experience to everyday events through utilizing our intuition, our our profound insight, our innate instinct that we seem to have lost over the last couple of hundred years in the Western world. And that's what I considered modern mysticism to be. Well, and that's what what I love, especially in that. And in fact, I drew a big line in in it (laughs) when I was reading the book, direct and participatory experience, because there's an old way of thinking of mystical experience as something that happens to you and something that happens once when even what we might think of at the ancient mystics, when you really read the literature and you dive into it, are talking about how do we live in relationship, always answering that divine call, always in response to the divine moving in our hearts, for example, in our lives, whether we're doing the dishes or discovering people on an island. Um, it's direct and participatory, and I think that that can't be understated. No, I don't think it can be understated, and that's why I stuck the term modern. That's why I really, really like the term modern mysticism. The modern keeps it alive to me in, the, in our daily life as we walk, as we talk, as we do, as we think. And, and there are many times in my life when something has happened, it has upset me, and I've gotten a, a, a tad off-center or maybe a lot off-center, <laughs> truth be told. And if I, I can go back to these five steps, if I can go back to my heart center, and my recovery is so much quicker now than it used to be. Now, I know that there are, so there are these five steps to uh, maybe not becoming a mystic, but maybe to awakening to that connection. Yeah. That's how, is, that a, is that okay to say? Yes, Karen. I'm glad you phrased that that way, because I believe that everyone is a mystic. I believe we all have the capacity at our birth to be a modern mystic. We were not put here on this earth to figure out how to make it better all by ourselves and, and to, to walk a righteous road with perfection as a goal, like the carrot dangling off the stick in front of a mule going through the streets of Charleston or something. Um, we were put on this earth to allow this innate instinct that we have to blossom. And there are five steps. Uh, I didn't write the book and say, oh, I think I'll write a book about five steps. They were revealed to me through my writing. As I kept writing, I realized I write to process, and it's an automatic thing with me. And uh, I realized that as I was writing, I started organizing my thoughts, and I realized that there were five and at first I called them pillars, and then I, P-I-L-L-A-R-S, and then I called them foundations. But then it was suggested to me that those words are not easily understood, and it's already not an everyday topic. So I use the word steps, and I don't think it's something, modern mysticism is not something that we do. 
is just like you worded so so beautifully. It's something that we allow. We awaken to it. Can you begin to share those five steps? And again, this is not a book for those of you listening at home. This isn't a book. You read the book, you do the steps, and then she sends you a T-shirt that says, I am a modern mystic. This is about... <laughs> A process of, or unless you have teeth, maybe you have shirts. I don't know, but no. <laughs> but it's about you a process, are, right? You are exactly right. It is a process, and I love that because so many of us out there, I'm just give me the five steps and I'll do them and I'll have it. Yeah. <laughs> but the way this works, and there are other five steps, and the way this works, you can go through this property. I mean, this process a gazillion times. And every time you go through the process, you are wiser than you were before. New things will be revealed to you. And I don't give you any answers in this book. I present information so that you can find your own answers. And I'm very, very um, secure with doing that. I'm very sure that that was the right way for me to do it. Because we are all on this planet differently, and we don't understand the divine in the same way, because we are all different. And so with the steps, they need to be done in order. But you can do them as many times as you want. It's an unlimited process. But uh, I don't want to say guarantee, but let's say I'm sure that's a little bit better. I'm sure that if you're very earnest with reading the steps and understanding the steps and doing inner work as you go through the steps and understand and do it with um, with an intention of growing closer to spirit, of finding your own version of modern mysticism, you're going to be better at the end than you were at the beginning. You're going to be wiser. You're going to be more secure. You're going to be be further along in your own spiritual path. You are listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Patty Fivette. Her new book is The Eagle's View, Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. You can find out more at modernmysticism.com. That, that inquiry always... Um, always moving through the steps, not trying to do it once and, and be done with it, that requires a willingness to look at ourselves and to be authentic. And one of the things you say in the book is that that fear is the, is the greatest block to us receiving, to being, living authentically. Can you share a little bit about how we might start to move through that fear? I think we get comfortable in our status quo. Um, we understand to a point we have developed a small little box or maybe even a big box. And it's an imaginary box. And this is how we have defined our world and we're comfortable there. But to expand, we need to sort of let go that imaginary box. I had a teacher one time. Um, uh, he was a Catholic priest, actually. It was a weekend seminar. And he said, I want you to take everything you think you know about religion and God and spirituality, which is being close to God, as I write it, and stick it in this imaginary box and put the box under your chair and listen with an open mind. Then, after you go through the two-day seminar, 
take the box out and re-examine everything and see if you can't make your imaginary box just a little bit bigger. Hmm. Let it expand. And that's what this is about. And that actually brings me to the first step, Karen. The first step is awareness. Where am I? And this step is not just about physical location. It's where am I with my beliefs? Where am I with my relationship to the divine? How do I see the divine? Do I even acknowledge the divine? Where am I in relationships? How important is it? Where am I with material things? What is really important to me material-wise? Do I have to live in a big house? Do I have to have a small house in the woods? How attached am I to these things? And to get to your question about fear, when we examine these things, sometimes it's scary to turn loose our thoughts. It's scary to turn loose our ideals. Anybody that has been in a household that is very connected uh, with ideas or thoughts or religion or or whatever, and um, everybody is supposed to believe the same thing in this in this group. Let's call it a family group, and it doesn't mean you're genetically connected to them. Uh, when one person changes and says, you know, I would like to have something else for, other than turkey for Thanksgiving dinner. You know, I really don't mind interracial dating. I really, or whatever it is, it challenges the status quo in the, in the group. And I use that as an example because we can do the same thing to ourselves. I like it this way. I'm comfortable this way. Whatever this is. And that's fearful to change it. The unknown is scary for most of us. There are some adventurers in this world, and God bless them. But the rest of us uh, tend to want to know what's around the corner or how are we going to manage when it's around the corner. And the, the fear is the scary part. The fear is what keeps us from expanding. It's what keeps us from moving. And it might take us those questions that I asked at the beginning of the of the um, show here, those five questions, these are the questions that lead our inquiry into the five steps. And so having kind of established where am I, it, it goes now to, to who am I and, and what is my purpose? These are big. You can't just sit with these for 10 seconds and come up with some magic answer and then move on. You can't. You really, really can't. And that's why I have said that you ask yourself the questions in order, and you've got to ask yourself the questions over and over again at different stages of your life. I've had, I'm old enough to have had several life stages, and in these uh, life stages, I have asked myself uh, different versions of these questions. The what am I question? In the book, I describe the difference between the roles we play and our true identity. And one thing I have, an example that I have used is there's a difference between saying I am a mother or I am, period, a mother to children. Hmm. There's a huge difference in that. Yeah. Who is the person that is mothering the children? 
I heard a story one time, um, and uh, the person had was asked this question, and she said, "Well, I I am a mother, and 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 the questions went, but who are you?" And it went on and on, and finally the answer that was was finally given and accepted was, "Well, I I, I just am." You know, and so the roles we play, sometimes we don't recognize the difference between the roles we play and, and who we really are. So that second question is a spiritual question. What am I? Uh, are you on earth trying to have a spiritual experience? Or as, as the saying goes, are you a spiritual being having an earthly experience? It's up to you to answer that. But I've had to answer it for myself, and I know what works for me. The, that third question, which is about purpose, what is, what is my purpose, that's different than am I in the right career, right? You put a much deeper meaning on that. Yes, that's much different than as, am I in the right, right career. It's a big difference. What is my purpose? Uh, my pur- your purpose is you answer the identity question first. And then the expression question, what is my purpose? Your purpose is how you express your identity on this earth. Mm. And whereas uh, if you think of yourself as being a a carpenter, a teacher, a doctor, whatever, um, a writer or whatever, maybe writing is the expression of your identity. Maybe the carpentry would be an expression of your identity. But they're not your purpose. It's how you express it. You can express your purpose standing in line paying your license tag at the Department of Transportation in whatever state you live in. Right. You know? That's right. I have a friend who at one point said, um, she was a dear friend, but at one point she had said, you know, I don't have any talents. And uh, this leads us into the fourth question, because they overlap a little bit. But she said, I don't have any... I said, explain that to me. And she said, my brother is a gifted musician, my mother is a gifted cook, and my father is a gifted mechanic, and I have no, no talents. And um, she had the talent of... And we talked about this. She had the talent of never meeting a stranger. She immediately put anybody at ease. She could talk to anybody and be best friends and make a date for lunch afterwards. It's just her purpose. And it's how she expresses her spirituality on this earth. And that's, that's a huge gift. It's just a huge gift. One of the things that's so moving and exciting to me about the idea of looking at mysticism in this way is that it can take something like that. I have no talents and, and make it make you see that there is something so much bigger going on to con- there really is something so much bigger going on. The world tends to dictate to us uh, how we should be and how we should act and how we should dress, or if the world doesn't do it, then your your birth family will, mm-hmm. or your relationships will. Um, uh, where are the rules for this? Uh, you know, it's, it's it's the rules are inside yourself. There are no rules. 
that the last that last question what is love and i think i'm assuming that one of the reasons we go through the questions in order is so that when we get to the last question what is love when we open ourselves up to the ways in which we receive divine love that we are ready that we know who we are and we can then really receive from a place of awareness instead of that place of fear or inauthenticity or not paying attention or thinking we have no talents can you speak a little into that last question i can first four questions came easily to me. The fourth question, how will my purpose happen? That one was intuition, manifesting oneness. I had studied that in, in my metaphysical studies. So, so that one came easy. I, and I was able to write that quick. But I came to a screeching halt. And I'll be honest with you, when I what is love? Because that's what it's all about. But I wasn't sure at the time that I really knew that at the depth that, that I wanted to write, or more importantly, Karen, the way I wanted to live. And so I went to the Greek for help. Um, the Greeks were, they were thinkers, and, and they, they had a model that I followed. And they had four different kinds of love, the Greeks did back in the ancient days. And one was storage, S-T-O-R-G-E, and I'm not sure about the Greek pronunciation. I've given it a lovely American pronunciation with a southern twist. <laughs> but storage, that type of love is family love. That's what we get or needed to get or wanted to get from our birth families. And then there's philia, that's brotherly love. Brotherly love is different from family love. And you can remember the brotherly love by the city of Philadelphia. Ah, oh, the city of brotherly love. Uh, it comes from the word Syria. And then there's the, the type of love that's known as passion. And oh my goodness, don't we in the Western world, and maybe the Eastern world too, I don't know about the Eastern world, but don't we get um, really mixed up with the Eros love? It's, and it's not just erotic passion. It's uh, It could be passion for artwork, passion for writing, passion for for your job, passion for uh, spirituality. It could be passion for anything. But those three types of love are outward expressions. Uh, The Greek had agape, and I prefer to use the term divine love. That's inward. That's what you're born with. And divine love we all search for love. We want to be loved. We want the hugs. We want to feel loved. We are born with this. And we forget. For one reason or another, we forget. We are born. You would not be here on this planet if you were not created out of love. Has anybody ever told you that? Maybe not. I don't know. But look back in your own life. I'm talking to the listeners. And and see, do you understand what divine love is? It's what you are. You are an expression of divine love by your nature. And divine love, to find divine love, it's an inside job. You can't find it outside of yourself, not unless you had some sort of divine uh, experience where you got zapped into reality somehow with a, you know, a sudden mystical experience. But for most of us, the divine love is an inside job. It's an inside journey. And we have to start there. Now, I'm not talking about um, uh, 
the kind of love that gets mixed up with psychology. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, um, it, and I'm not talking about egotistical love. I'm talking about the divine love that's inside, that quiet, still feeling that is totally you and totally God inside you, for you, with you, that's there, that, that settle in. It's what people with the meditation try to get the monkey mind quieted so that they can feel this. It's what I find when I walk through the deep forest. It's, it's there. That's, that's a way that I can turn inward and leave the thoughts uh, that separate from me. This And we get in trouble when we try to substitute family love, brotherly love, and passion for this divine love. It cannot be substituted. Once you understand the divine love, the other three are exponentially greater. Mm. And Patty, I know our time is so short, and we've come to the end of our time together this time, because I hope you'll come back, but this time. We're at the end of our time together. Can you remind the listeners just very quickly about your website and what they'll find there? Yes, I've got two websites. One is my name, com. But if you can't figure out how to spell that, don't worry about it. We're short-timed, and I don't want to spell it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Patty is with two Ds. And um, then uh, easier to remember is modernmysticism.com. I've got blogs that are repeated on both websites, the same blog. Also, you can go to Facebook. I've got a Modern Mysticism page, and there's several Modern Mysticism pages on Facebook, but mine is the one with the eagle flying into the sunrise, and it has my name, Patty Favette, on it. And you're welcome to come join me. Anything I post on the blog, I also post on the um, Facebook page. I, I give a link. Mm-hmm. And uh, put a little tidbit of, of I hope that you think of it as wisdom, um, three times a week. Wow. Thank you very much, Patty. I really appreciate having you on the phone, on the, on the show. And I love that idea of that gentle but consistent process of inquiry that leads us farther on the spiritual journey. Thank you, Patty, very much. Thank you for the opportunity, Karen. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's Patty Fivette. Her new book is The Eagle's View, Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. Connect with Patty at modernmysticism.com. And of course, you can always find me at karenhager.com. Book a session, come to a class, find out where I'll be next. That's all at karenhager.com. And thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time. I'm wishing you peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Revoid.
Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.